0: Welcome to Talking Home Renovations with a Housemaven. I am your host, Catherine McPhail. I'm an architect working in eastern Massachusetts, and my specialty is renovations and additions to existing homes. I started this podcast so that homeowners could get an idea of what goes into a home renovation and maybe cut down on the amount of stress they might feel in embarking on this project when it's something new. So I interview vendors, experts, subcontractors, contractors, uh, other architects, homeowners, about their home renovation experience. In this particular episode, I will be speaking with an indoor air quality expert, Andre Lacroix. Andre attended Lake Forest College and founded Easy Breathe Ventilation Systems with his wife, Erica, in 2005. They've spent the last 15 years dedicated to learning about the relationship between one's home and one's health. And in addition to Easy Breathe, Andre is a certified indoor environmentalist certified healthy home specialist, and a certified radon measurement provider. He's dedicated to helping individuals improve their indoor air quality through small adjustments that make a big impact. Here's my conversation with Andre. Andre, thanks for joining me today. And indoor air quality is not something that I, um, well, I know about it in a bad way in, in, in that. My, I was just away for three weeks and my basement flooded. And, um, Ooh. yeah. And so that's where my office is. And so it's, it's, uh, the air quality is not great down here.
1: Of course. Yeah. So I, I yeah.
0: only know about it when it becomes a problem. And also of course, because I live in an old house that is not, um, you know, airtight. Yes. I guess, I, I guess yes, I just yes. don't bother to worry about it too much, but sure. I'm probably, sure. I probably should be, but then if I did, I have no idea what to do. So maybe you could help Understood. me.
1: Understood. Sure. Sure. You know, it's interesting because uh, indoor air quality is not something, it's not water on the floor like you experienced. It's not a crumbling basement wall. It's not something people see. It's a lot of times, uh, a lot of times people don't even connect the dots because they're not, they're not obvious to them until we start talking about it. Like, you know, if somebody is sick or somebody is, is, uh, again, I'm not saying that asthma is a direct result of the home, but you see that people who are sick or kids that are sick, maybe once they leave the home, they're not as sick when they're in their schools or at their offices or things like that. And it's not till you really start to look at your habits and routines and realize that, you know, there's some cases out there where the houses are making people sick. Uh, It could be a lot of different things, but because it's nothing that you can see. Right. And uh, until obviously this most recent uh, historical event, people didn't even think about air at all. Right. And, anything like that, that it's, it's come a lot, it's a lot more popular because of that. But even, even as far as the home, people don't really think about their indoor air quality. And then I start running around and shooting my mouth off and talking and scaring the heck out of people about what's actually possibly in their home. Mm. And all of a sudden it starts to become more, more prevalent, you know?
0: Yeah. It is a little scary to think about. I mean, I have done, um, I did an episode on mold, you know, there's a mm-hmm. three part episode, mold, lead and asbestos. So, sure. yep. Things people don't want yeah. to think about. They don't want to think about what else could be. But what are the nasty pollutants that could be in your home? Sure.
1: So so it's interesting because one of the first things I always tell people is whether it's you consider it good or bad, a lot of the pollutants that are in, their home, that are in the home are a direct result of us right. and how we live. Right? We bring them into our home, whether it be new carpeting, new furniture, the candles and the incense that we burn, all that stuff like we, so the fact that we bring them in, we can also get rid of them. Right. So that's it. That's, that's point. Number one is, is we can do that. Um, point number two is there's, it's, there's small little remediation things that can be done, you know, uh, something more serious. You have, you have things on the real serious side, like radon, for example, uh, radon is quite serious. It's the second leading cause of lung cancer in, all people behind smoking and the first leading cause of lung cancer in non-smokers. So that's real serious, you know? Um, and then you get the things that maybe just keep give people the sniffles or pe- maybe there's that musty smell in the basement. So it comes up and so people just want to burn a candle or have some incense to kind of mask it. It's not that they're masking it. They think they're making the right choices. They're just making problems worse. So you have everything from formaldehyde, radon, uh, uh, and then, and then you have the smaller little things like maybe stuff that, that just exists as a result of the off-gassing of a brand new couch or new carpeting, right? The people think, oh, there's that new carpet smell. Well, that's not <laughs> yeah. a normal, it's sm- not a normal smell. smell. It'll eventually go away. Sometimes hmm. it'll take 10 years, you know, but it runs the gamut of things that are just minor nuisances to things that could, you know, impact us quite seriously.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think about when I was a kid and I got a new doll for Christmas or something. There was a definite new doll smell that was probably of just off gassing yep. of that plastic.
1: Yeah, it is. And I and I tell people that those smells, when you bring that those products into your home, that's not a normal smell, right? When you, uh, I tell people um, if you decide to not have a real Christmas tree, but then you burn a pine scented candle in mm. your bathroom or your kitchen. That's not a. That's not a Christmas tree in your kitchen. Those are chemicals that are has a like combustion. Source, you know, there's heating element that then lets off these chemicals that are supposed to smell like that. That's not natural. <laughs>
0: oh man, that is so depressing. That is like right. such a bummer, Steve, that, Andre. That's <laughs> why I'm
1: not very fun at cocktail parties. No, oh, yeah. you know, um, <laughs>
0: I can't imagine. Yeah, the Christmas you know, party, t- oh, probably yeah. bring it I, down. I, I
1: tell people, you know, if you have the kind of couch that comes with, or you add a spray on there so that your child can p- spill grape juice and it just comes right off, mm. that's not a natural product. That product is not naturally meant to be in the home. First of all, it's not natural; it was man-made. Again, just I'm not knocking specific products. I'm just saying we have to take these kind of things into consideration and recognize that if we're doing this, we affect our house, and so we need to ventilate, we need to purify, we need to source control, we need to do things that will help us and our house. You know? Mm.
0: Okay. So what can we do?
1: Sure. So there's the EPA suggests three different things. Number one is source control. Okay. So let's take your basement for an example. Source control means eliminating the water, right? Eliminating the source. Maybe it was a bad downspout. Maybe it's a concrete block and we need to waterproof it. Um, the source might be radon. Again, that's a whole topic for another day, but we can redirect the air up and out of the house so it doesn't come into our basement. So, source control is number one getting rid of the fake smelling pine, getting rid of the cinnamon apple crumbler candle. Mm. getting source control, getting rid of the sources. That's number one. Number two, we ventilate. Okay. Um, In our bathrooms and in our kitchens now, we have fans for both those spaces. And the reason is, and the reason why it's code is because those are sources of contaminants. Um, Your bathroom, it might just be moisture from the shower, but technically that's a contaminant. Okay. So we have to install by code fans in our bathrooms now. In our kitchens, we have to install range hoods okay because of those are contaminants what we what we are heating and burning off and boiling and things like that the house is no different so number two is ventilation we need to ventilate that air take the air that's inside their house evacuate it outside and create these whole house air exchanges um and then number three is in i don't i shouldn't say extreme cases but is air purification for people that um Absolutely. They, they have something going on. And so you'll put purifiers, there are such things as whole house purifiers, but you know, you'll see the smaller machines that you can buy and people will put those into bedrooms or where they spend more time because they are either immunocompromised or they have something going on where those rooms need to be super, super clean. So we have air purifiers. Mm. So it's source control, ventilation and purification. Um, And source control, somewhat easy ventilation. Very, very easy.
0: Yeah. You know, Easy if it's you. Easy, you if mean it's me. you just call you and then you, you come home us. and make it easier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, so um, exactly. So what does that look like? I mean, if I, I have an old house, yep, it has insulation. Mm-hmm. I don't think the windows are that leaky. Sure, but I still think there's a lot of air exchange because I mean a lot of my windows are open because I don't have air yep. conditioning. So I mean obviously that's yep. But so who should worry about, should everybody worry about it? Just people with new houses, old drafty houses, do people, those people still have to worry about it?
1: Great question. Yes. And let me, let me, I'll say yes, but let me back up a little bit and say drafty houses aren't bad, right? We all remember our grandparents, my, my grandparents uh, was born in Philadelphia. My grandparents grew up in a row home and my mom grew up in a row home and that house was real drafty, right? Um, those little white, you know, sheer shades were always moving. Um, that's not, that's not a bad thing, right? But at the same time, uh, we're not controlling, if you will, the drafts, we're letting in humid air, we're not controlling where the air comes in. That is not a necessarily a good thing in our basement, right? Because we're gonna be letting in humid air into our basement, that's not a good place because it's a darker area, it's it's, it's, it's lower in temperature. Um, and then that humid air gets in there and due to what we call the stack effect, which is the same concept as how a hot air balloon works, right? Warm air rises. So the stack effect, all that air in the basin comes up. So while in effect, loose houses or or or, or, or venting, you know, real real loose houses with regards to tightness, um, they're not a bad thing. But um, where we really get into the problem is people that are tightening their house, and that's mm-hmm. a good thing. But we have to think of the house as a whole system. I think of you know, well, I, I, my building science background is the house. You have to look at it holistically, right? If you do one thing to one side of the house that affects the other side of the house. So if we tighten up our house, we put in all new triple pane windows, we put in blown insulation, anything like that, we are making that house that used to be drafty and not bad because it was creating its own little air exchanges. Now we're we're basically sealing up, we're putting saran wrap around our house and everything that we breathe you know we cough, we sneeze, the dogs, the shower, all that stuff we spray, the cleaners, all that stuff now is no longer just kind of coming and going through the house. It's stuck in there. The mm. off-gassing we talked about before. So now we need to create ventilation that does not that didn't that doesn't exist anymore. How do you do that? Sure. So there's a few different ways. If you talk about spot ventilation, so you take a hot shower, you have that shower, right? You have that that's you take that concept and then you put it into the whole house environment, like what we do with EasyBreathe, and we take we take a whole house ventilation system. Um, if you grew up like I did, you grew up with a ventilation fan, uh, an attic fan upstairs in the in the ceiling of your second floor, and you turn that thing on, and, poof, the vents opened, and you ran to the window, and you felt all the cold air coming in. It it felt good, right? not you're venting, but it's, that's the complete wrong approach, right? So what we've done at easy read, we flip that on its, on its head. And now we take the worst air, which is in your basement. Um, and we exhaust that in its, in its, in its location where it comes in, in the basement or where it's worse is in the basement. We exhaust that to the outside. And then what we've done is by getting rid of that air, that air naturally has, it has to be replaced with something. So the good air that's on the first floor, that's just better than the basement, then comes down through the stairwell or through some vents that we add. And then that air coming down creates these whole house air exchanges. And we're evacuating out the bad stuff, including the stuff we talked about on the first floor, right? So we're getting rid of the the air in the basement. That stuff we talked about on the first floor that may not be this good either is now brought down and would create these whole house air exchanges that just allows your air basically six to eight times a day eat with an easy breather running. You're able to completely evacuate the volume of air in your house and replace it with fresh air. Hmm.
0: So is that, is that moving air? Is it like a fan? Can you feel it? Going uh, you don't,
1: you don't feel it. No. Great question. And that's it's an important question because I always try and tell people we we've, we've engineered the product, the easy to run it with, with 128 CFM or cubic feet per minute. Um, so you're not like the, the, analogy I made before about turning on the attic fan and then running to the window and filling it does that doesn't happen. Um, and it's for a reason, right? We want to evacuate the air out, but we don't want to create any sort of feeling of air movement because we we don't want to create a vacuum. We don't want doors to slam. We don't want anything like that to be occurring. We don't want to be pulling air from areas where you don't want to pull it from. Essentially, you want it to naturally come down from the upper levels through the basement stairwell. And, and so while you don't feel it, we're literally installing our unit on an outside wall and exhausting it directly to the outside. And then just allowing that air to be replaced with the upstairs air. So you don't even feel any sort of air movement. You know, mm-hmm. I run around some houses and I'll do what they're called smoke pencil tests with some air and that'll puff out, puffs of smoke, and you'll see the air traveling down the stairs. But it's not so much that you just feel it, you know?
0: Right. Well, the air is almost always moving anyway. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that. exactly.
0: So for a 2,000 square foot house, let's just say, like, yep. two, like a two and a half story house, is it just one- one unit in the, in yep. the exterior wall of the basement. And Correct. then you, then Correct. you put, you put some kind of vent in like a, um, a register or something like that in the floors. So, so they just- if,
1: if it's a basement, what we'll do is exactly right. We'll install the unit on an exterior wall as far away from the basement stairs as possible. Okay. That way we create the longest path for that air to travel. and and evacuate out of the house. Um, And then the the way to replace that air is a number of different ways. We can use floor vents. That's not a problem, we've done that. We also have done vents in the actual doors to the basement. Now, some people, some houses have open concepts and an open stairwell, so we don't have to create any sort of venting. It's just naturally gonna happen. Um, Some people naturally leave their, their doors open with kids and pets and things like that, that might not be possible for people. So there is venting options, but yeah, it's, it's, we always create, we have to create that what we call the return air pathway. And if it doesn't exist on its own, then we get creative with venting. We can shave off the bottom of the door so that air can get under the door. It's, it's, it's a pretty simple concept. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It does seem pretty simple. So it seems like it's just the, it's just the unit that you put into the basement walls, the only mechanical Yeah. Yeah, it's
1: exactly. Yep. Yep. The hardest part physically is drilling a hole to the outside. It's, it's a six inch hole. So, so I tell people it's very similar to your dryer vent, except the dryer vent is a four inch hole. So ours is a six inch hole um, that goes to the outside. It looks just like a dryer vent on the outside. For, so, but from a physical standpoint, it's literally just drilling the hole uh, through the rim joist to the outside. Sometimes it's through a block wall, um, but and then it's aside from that, it's just conceptually figuring out where can we locate that to be the farthest away from the stairwell so we can create that maximum airflow. We want to stay away from any. The basement tends to have combustion appliances like hot water heaters and things like that. We want to stay away from them, right? Because we don't want to be backdrafting anything. Um, but. It, Back to what I said before is by only moving 128 CFM, we, we it's not enough air movement typically. If we were to install it right next to one of those, then yeah, theoretically it could happen. But, you know, aside from the physical part of installing it, you know, drilling the hole to the outside, then it's just a matter of deciding where to put it. And then it's a plug and play. You plug it in. We've got two dials on it. One is a humidistat setting, which is a sensor so that you can adjust it to go on and off by humidity levels if you want. It's not a dehumidifier, obviously, but you know, we've got people that want to know that when that air from the upstairs makes it down, the unit may shut off. That's okay. And so you have that humidistat. In my house, uh, because this is the air, what I live in, right? Not physically what I live in, but my world is indoor air quality. Um, uh, I have mine set to run nonstop 24 seven and has for almost 20 years. Hmm. Um, So you set that and then you set the fan speed and it's, you're good to go.
0: How old is your house?
1: My house was built in 1999. I moved in in 2003 installed an in easy breathe because obviously we, you know, with the company mm-hmm. and, um, it's, it, I say it hasn't turned off. Of course, we've lost power here and there, but essentially I've been running it nonstop since we installed it.
0: So your house was probably built. Well, it's more of a modern house. So it was built a little yeah. more tight. It's a little sure. more tight than, than other houses, yes. you know, it's yes. like a house in 18, 1890 house or an, yeah. uh, like 1820 house, do they still need right. it? Even be, you know, do the drafty houses need this?
1: Well, so where are a great question. And where I would go with that is depending on the basement, right? So you're in Massachusetts and uh, if, if I were walk into a house with a field stone basement, you know, as a foundation versus a block wall or a modern house with a poured wall, then I would hesitate because what we don't want to do is install a ventilation system and then attract air directly outside through the cracks and crevices of the field stone. Right. Yeah. So, and so there are situations where the easy read is not a good fit or any sort of ventilation is not a good fit. And mm-hmm. it would be something like that, you know, in drafty houses that would, that are like maybe upstairs is drafty. We still think it's a good idea because we still think you need those, assuming you can, you have a sealed basement, right. Mm-hmm. With those block walls or concrete or poured walls. Um, if we can make sure that if we can ensure that the air from the upstairs makes it to the basement, even if the upstairs is drafty, we still like to install them because we like to create those whole house air exchanges. It's where you get into the draftiness of the basement that Easy breathing might not be a fit because we don't just want to exchange air one for one from the outside directly to the inside of the basement. Does nothing for the upstairs and just brings more humidity potentially into the basement. We don't want to do that,
0: right? So I have a question about um, you'd mentioned unnatural or chemical, yes, chemicals that we're smelling, and um, this is maybe a little bit off topic, but I always. I'm not sure this is right. But that when you smell something, there's a little molecule of that thing in your nose. Is that true? I mean, that's what I think. Which yes. is why, with my imagination, it gets really gross really fast when I smell certain things. Yes. But, but um, anyway, so if we have these molecules of these of these chemicals in our in our yep. noses, and that's no good. What about things like um, more natural, like cooking odors? Yeah. Are those bad for us? Onions, garlic, um, all that no. stuff.
1: No, they're not, no, no, they're not. You're, not. you're not wrong. That's exactly what happens. And one of the things I tell people is to be wary of the you know the sprays and the, and, and the things and, the, and they plug in air fresheners because what those are doing is those really are are masking the things that you're talking about, the smelling, right These things aren't the sprays and stuff, they're not taking care of the stuff in the air. They're actually making it into your nose and deadening those receptors so that you're not smelling anything else.
0: No, that's so it's gross. weird how that
1: works, right? It doesn't negate it over here in the, in the, in the airspace. It takes care of that in your nose. So that's a bad thing. So mm-hmm. natural smells. And so I've mentioned candles before, something like beeswax candles, natural, sm- natural things are good, but then you get into, okay, let's say we're cooking and we're, we're just doing veggies, you know, but what are we cooking that, those veggies with, you know, cause mm-hmm. that's also burning off. Are we, you know, we have to think I know we're getting really micro at this point now, but
0: yeah. but no, there are some,
1: no, it's a, it's a great question. There are absolutely some smells that are better than others. And and when I give these indoor air quality talks, uh, sometimes I have to hold back because I don't want to use brand names and things like that. Cause I really get into like how bad things can get, but there's definitely natural things like you just mentioned that, that are okay. It's just a matter of how are we, how are those smells being emitted? Like what is the combustion process that's happening to emit those smells, right? Mm. Um, You bring in a pine tree for Christmas. It's a natural tree. Now, there are some kids, one of my sons included, that's allergic to that stuff, right? But you bring in a pine tree for Christmas. That's that's something natural that you brought in. Unless you're allergic, there's nothing wrong with that. But you bring in a candle that you have to light, and essentially, you create a combustion process to create that smell. Mm. That's not natural. The pine tree is. The other stuff isn't.
0: Okay. Does
1: that help answer that?
0: Yeah. I just think it's pretty interesting because when you go to someone's house, it smells, has a certain smell to it. Yes. You know, so yes. that can be your grandparents' house smells a certain way or your True. childhood friend's house smells yep. a certain way. So when you smell that smell again somewhere, it's like such a memory trigger, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That doesn't have, I mean, I guess it does have to do with indoor air quality because the reason our houses smell like that is because probably they're not well ventilated and it's, right. it's right.
1: whatever and, and it is. And, and ventilation in the house is, um, is, it's it's universally become, especially nowadays, more and more accepted. Um, so while certain things, you know, I do talk to people a lot who say, oh, well, I grew up in this house, like you said, grandma's house. I never had a problem, right? That may be true. But the other side of it is ventilating that house is not a bad thing. You know what I mean? Just because you grew up and you were healthy doesn't mean that doing adding on a healthy option isn't. A good right. thing, if that yeah. makes sense. You well, know, that makes
0: sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know about that argument. Like, we grew up with it, and we're fine. Like, how do you know? We could have been way more fine.
1: Totally true. I totally agree with that. Totally yeah. agree with that. We actually, yeah. yeah, we could, we could, we we don't know this yet. We may have taken off ten years of our life because right. of that, and whatever that is, it could be a direct quality, it could be what we choose to eat, or whatever. You know, right. totally agree. I'm I'm with you on that mindset for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes people would say that in my family because there was lead covered houses that yeah. we all lived in and they all say, oh, we are fine. Like, actually, you know, we're not. We're not really <laughs> we all, fine. We all, you know,
1: yeah. Have you t- yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So and that's an interesting point because, you know, as you just mentioned, you might be fine, but what are the daily adjusted, you know, there's these things called the daily, D-A-L-Ys, daily adjusted life years, right? So we don't know right now whether or not we've lost or whoever these people are that lived in this house with the lead or with the asbestos. They might be fine right now, but we don't know if, if, you know, studies will show that they've lost a certain number of years having mm. lived in that environment. They may not know that right now, but the studies just say that that's exactly what's going on.
0: Yeah. I mean, it makes sense when you read yeah. about the effect that these things have on people. So, absolutely. So, what you do, you're in Ohio. Yes. Are there, are you part of a group of people? So, if someone wanted to look into this, is there, um, a certain person they would look up in the yellow pages if anybody has yellow pages anymore or <laughs> or or you know there are other people who do what you do i guess yeah, is what i'm
1: yeah. so so if we're referring really to two things so one is the easy breathe company that manufactures and sells the easy breathe ventilation system mm-hmm. um easybreathe.com is that website if you want to add ventilation to your house uh the other side of it is is me being a indoor environmentalist um, a healthy home specialist, a, a radon specialist. Um, there's a there's a website called iaqa.org, Indoor Air Quality Association, and that's the association that I'm a member of, who, who certifies me with all the certifications that I have. Um, and people can go to that, and they, there's a button that says "Find a Pro." They click on that, and you plug in your zip code and how far away from that. You know, it's a bullseye kind of thing, and you can find somebody that way. If you're looking to do some ventilation, then you just go to easybreathe.com. Um, or you call us and, and we can either talk with you over the phone or we can put you in touch with somebody in your area in mm. Massachusetts or wherever it may be, and your local person that carries the easy breathe and, and now the person that carries the easy breathe may not be an indoor environmentalist like myself, right? Um, right. We have waterproofers and mold remediators and pest control people that carry our product. You name it a, a handyman. all kinds of different contractors carry our product. Um, but those kind of guys, we can put you in touch with from an easy breathe standpoint, or you go the indoor air quality route as
0: well. interesting. Okay. So it's, yeah. it's, it's something that you, it's a product that people carry. Easy So
1: Yeah. So, so I got into it because, um, we recognized that we were do we were ventilating the basement because we recognized that, that we wanted to ventilate the basement because people were unable to use their basements. Right. So we started ventilating the basement and this is 20 years ago but we recognized that we were having a, 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 a good effect, a positive effect on the upstairs as well. Right. But really what we did is we got in the business to ventilate basements so that basements could be used again, 20 years ago. So when we recognized we were having an effect and these were all anecdotal stories that we were having an effect on the, on the living space. That's when I started doing more educate, you know, going and getting educated on this and recognizing the importance of whole house air exchanges. So I kind of naturally now have two paths. I have, as the owner of easy breathe ventilation system, right? But also as an indoor air quality consultant that whether you're in the market for an easy breathe or not, I go that route and whether I'm in person or over the phone or whatever, I do consulting that way as well.
0: Okay. Do you well, mind if I ask you about radon? Please do. Um, because that's something that is related, yes. of course, very related. So, yes. um, and I'm always talking about me all the time. It's so all about me. Okay, so my house. Good. <laughs> <laughs> my, my house, we bought without an inspection or anything, which I don't recommend, but that's what we did. And so we never got a radon test. Okay. And now, since the pandemic started, I work in the basement. Yep. So, uh, of course, when we start talking about radon and causing lung cancer and everything, I wonder if I should do a radon test here. In And I'm on ledge, yeah. so it feels like I kind of don't want to know now that I've been down here for 70 sure. hours a week.
1: Sure. That that's that's You bring up an excellent point. So a couple <laughs> things about radon. Just because your neighbor may have high radon doesn't mean you don't, right? Radon is radon comes from the earth. So um, the house next door, the house across the street may have high levels or may have zero. It has nothing to do with what your level of the house is. Overall, the EPA can put, they put out a radon map and there are certain parts of the country that overall from, from a, from a, from a 20,000 foot view have more, more levels. Um, and that EPA radon map is an interesting one to look at. But even when you dig down, There's a difference between houses, right, and next-door neighbors and things like that. So that said, um, let's talk about that for a second. So the EPA action level is 4.0 picocuries per liter. That's how they measure. Uh, Interestingly, the World Health Organization's level is 2.7. Yeah. So, uh, So it leads somebody to ask, wait a second, how how is there two different levels? Well, because neither one is a safe level. They're what they call action levels. There is no safe level of radon. Um, there's an action level. So the action level, meaning where you should take care of it is at 4.0. That doesn't mean and the statistics show, that doesn't mean that you're not going to have problems. If you have 3.5, it also shows you're not gonna have any more problems at 5.5 than you do 3.5. The study Mm. shows, okay, not, not to discount radon, because again, let's remember it is a very serious, the leading cause of lung cancer outside of, outside of tobacco smoke. Right. Um, It's an action level, not a safe level. So that said, you know, there's the other thing with radon is, and you mentioned spending a lot of time in your basement. It's not just getting the level, but it's how much time you spend within the environment, right? So if someone has a level, I've I've been in houses that have measured over 300, but they're never, you know, know, that's different than a house that maybe has the 100 and they're in their basement all the time. So I would suggest it getting tested and. Just for your knowledge, knowing that 4.0 is the action level. Does that mean at 4.5, you put in a radon system, but at 3.5, you don't. That's, that's certainly a question that you could answer for yourself because there's, there, I, I, I think people need to know, right? Because what are the chances? I don't know what the chances are that your level would come back at 150 or 363. Like I said, I've been in, but, um, I think it's better to know, and then you can then remediate or install a system, if necessary. Um, they're not that difficult of systems to install. Um, they're not exactly sightly, to be honest with you, but um, they they do the job. Mm. So I, I don't know if I've if I've helped you on that. I, yeah, I, I do a me. lot you've of talks me. on radon. What I, the thing that I want people to understand, and here's the thing about getting tested for radon, is anything under ninety days. Is considered a short-term test. That's a long time, especially when you talk about real estate transactions. They're doing three and four-day tests.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's okay. way shorter.
1: Way so if you're going to do it the right way, nothing against realtors because the, the 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 association that certifies me and Radon has shown me how to do a three or four-day test. I tend to not agree with them because you have to completely alter your life for four days. So, for example, if you're going to do a four-day test, you have to. Close everything up. You can't run any ventilation systems, which means it's not just an easy read if you have it, but you can't dry your clothes. You can't run your, your, your bathroom fan. You can't run your kitchen range hood because it's only a 40 test. You have to seal up your house and you're only allowed to come and go when it's absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. Kind of weird, right? Nice. When you get to a long term test, you live your life like you normally would. Don't you want that kind of a result? You get a result back after four days and your house is sealed up and it's elevated. You're instantly going to go, well, it's because I wasn't coming and going. and I didn't have my windows open. I did because, because, because. So when it comes to testing, that's what I recommend people is, is two weeks at least. If you can do longer, the better. Um, typically, the the, the, the the kits that you, you can get from from the hardware stores, which are totally legit, you take them. You They're easy to use. You use them for two weeks and then you mail them off to, depending on which lab they work, these companies work with, you mail them off and you get your results. There there are certain, if, if you're going to go that route and not hire a guy like me, which I recommend, get one from, follow it word for word and then mail it off and, and get your results. If they come back high, then you call in a radon professional that comes in and puts a monitor in there and will monitor it for a couple months if that's what you need.
0: Okay. So I think I'm just going to cut to the chase and, and have a raid on, um, I would,
1: specialist I would around. highly, yes, I would, I would recommend it. It's always good to know.
0: Honestly, it has been bothering me a lot since sure. I started working down here, you know, last March. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yep. you know, Okay. So let's, I have it. You said it was unsightly
1: kind of, yeah.
0: So it's, this is my understanding of it. It's like a PVC yeah. sort of thing that goes underneath your slab in your basement. Yep. Right. Gathers the radon and then puts it up. So where's yeah, so, the unsightly part?
1: So let me define unsightly because I don't want any of the radon professionals to hate me for saying it. it's yeah. unsightly, meaning it's different than what was there before, which is nothing. <laughs> right. It's <a laughs> <Okay>. fun, <laughs> I
0: don't it's, know if that's a definition of unsightly, though. Okay,
1: so but what it is, it's a four inch PVC pipe that has to run up the inside of your house,
0: mm-hmm.
1: at least to the basement. At some point, it then turns and goes to the outside. And then it'll run up the outside of your house. Okay. Okay. There's certain regulations as far as how far it has to run above the roof line, has to be away from any operable windows, things like that. They also have to install a fan typically in your attic that will help pull the air up. Cause if, 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 a, if a radon system is installed during construction, typically it would be installed in the center of the house, right around that, where the stairwell is. And they do use fans, but they also rely on the stack effect. Remember the thing we were talked about with the warm air rising that yeah. works when it nice. runs with the center of a house. That doesn't work when the, when the radon system is installed on the exterior, which every uh, aftermarket or remodel has to do, right? You're not chopping up the middle of your house and running a radon system right above. So it's a four inch PVC pipe that's gonna run up on the inside of your of your house. Um, there's gonna be a little gauge on it so you can't enclose it behind walls because there's gonna be a little gauge on it to show that there's there's air movement. And if the gauge shows that there's no air movement, then you've got, then it's not working. And so it's not evacuating the air with the radon that's in that air. The PVC pipe, they do come in, they jackhammer out your floor, they'll drop in a PVC bulb, you know, a, a perforated bulb in into the ground to capture the radon, what they call subslab depressurization. Um, they capture all that that radon, and with it will be moisture. So you will get a moisture reduction effect with it, not hmm. complete moisture reduction, okay, but a lot of moisture comes up from the soil. So by definition, you will see a moisture reduction slightly. We can't gauge the exact number, but you will see a moisture reduction effect from this radon uh, removal system or radon reduction system, as they call it. So it comes into the bulb naturally goes up and out the four inch PVC pipe that then ha- again, typically at the, right around the top of your basement the ceiling or your floor joists is where it'll turn and go out. And then it has to go up the outside of your house and then it runs up the outside of the house and right around the attic is where the, is where it has to, you have to install the fan that helps like an impeller fan that helps draw the air up up and out. So unsightly, maybe that wasn't the right word. It's just not, nothing was there prior. Is really, I think
0: it's the right word. I think that sounds unsightly.
1: Yeah. So after
0: you describe it, yeah, the the pipe on the outside, but you have to do what you have to do. Yeah.
1: And, And what has to happen, what has to, what has to happen in everyday, the everyday world is that right now, is like a red flag for people. You know, like that is the, oh, wow, that house has a radon problem. Right. And mm. it's a shame because if someone's going to sell a house and it's, if that's there, there are, there is a, a certain number of people out there, rightfully so, because they don't know enough about it. They're going to go, what is that? Oh, that's a radon system. Oh my gosh, there's radon. And they walk away. When in fact, maybe somebody didn't have a radon system or, or the fact that that's there mm-hmm. means that there is a, there is a quote unquote acceptable level of radon, whereas the other house that they're looking at, it might be high. Is right. it, does that make sense? So I'm saying, right. like, it right. shouldn't exactly. be a red flag. It shouldn't yeah, be a yeah. red flag at all. But with some people, it is.
0: Well, they don't have a problem anymore because they're yeah. they fixed the problem. Right?
1: Exactly. So, it's it's yeah. just like going into a basement with a waterproofing system, right? If you go in and you see that the floors have been jackhammered out, and there's a there's there's a sump pit in the corner, that's mm-hmm. not a scary thing. That's an upgrade. That's that what we need to get. That's what we need the mindset to become. With this, is it is an upgrade?
0: I wish I had a sump, a sump pump system. That would yeah, be a definite uh, upgrade, right? Yeah. <laughs> why wouldn't you want that? It doesn't, it, it floods in here about every 12 years or eight years or something. Okay.
1: Okay. Well, that's an, that's enough. Yeah. so for you, I would go to your local hardware store or whichever one you use. Yeah. Um, there, there are a lot of counties, at least it, it exists here in Ohio. There are counties that will give out free radon kits to homeowners once a year so some people that don't want to spend the forty dollars on a radon kit you can apply to your county to get one mm. um, otherwise you can get them for about 40 bucks um there's again like said there's certain parameters where you have to install it where, where it has to be relative to an outside wall where it has to be relative to an inside wall as far as off of the walls where it has to be in what you call your breathing space it can't be on the ground it can't be at the ceiling um, very sounds difficult very very easy you set it and forget it for 14 days mm. and then mail it off and then you get your results.
0: Okay. Easy done. I'm gonna do that and hope for the best. Hope I don't have to get that. Yep. Anything else happening, but it would be good for (laughs) peace of mind and everybody should check it. I mean, everybody should check it.
1: They really should. They really, really should. I think it's just one of those, I test mine every year um, and it's just, so. so real quick, the outside levels are 1.7 by the way. So 1.7 is what just naturally exists outside. So, mm-hmm. th- just so people understand, radon is constantly off gassing from the earth, right? It's always there. The problem, what happens is we now f- put this huge box down our house over the earth, right? And mm-hmm. we and it's still coming up now. Granted, we have a slab four, supposedly, we have you know vapor barrier under that, whether or not it's still good after however many years, who knows, you know. But we what we've done is we've now plopped this structure down on top of what was naturally off-gassing so now it's just off-gassing into the house and contained and mm. that's why the, the that's why the levels rise
0: What is radon? Sure, Maybe the stupid question. Is So it- it,
1: it's 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 a it's an odorless colorless gas and it's a byproduct it's an uh, it's a byproduct of of uranium
0: Uranium so,
1: Yep. Yep. And what it does is it attaches to the lungs and it tricks the lungs into thinking that you have enough oxygen when you really don't. And that's where the problems happen is in the lungs. And because it's so small, you know, there's no filters that can collect radon. You can't, you cannot filter out radon. So that's why you need to evacuate it as is.
0: You know, I'm just going to sit down here and think I can't breathe very well. It must be the radon. That's what I'm going to think. This, this like. is
1: why I'm no fun at cocktail parties. Right.
0: <laughs> but I think it's all really interesting, even though it's scary. So what else? What else do you yeah. feel that people should know? Would you like people to know before we um,
1: go? Sure. What I I think it just look to your house for your health, right? Don't be so quick to run off and get a prescription for something or get an injection for something. Again, nothing against all that stuff, but if if you're not feeling good, look internally. Look, you know. The number of times that I've been at houses where kids that are asthmatic, and every month they're getting these injections, and I go into the house and I see that under the sink is just covered with mold and it's wetness. Not to say that that's the thing, but gosh, if we can take care, of, what what if we fix that? And because there's been stories of this, what if we fix that and no these kids no longer need inhalers, they no longer need injections? Isn't that way better mm-hmm. than? then all the medicines and stuff like that, right? Like if you can remember what I said in the very beginning, source control, right? So look to your house, maybe get rid of some of these things that aren't the natural thing. You know, they may smell good or whatever, but maybe just look around. What are you using to clean the house? You know, what do you, what do you, what do you, all that kind of stuff. So just look internally in your own house and see where you can make a couple different changes that just may make, the indoor air quality of your house a little bit better because it does not take a lot.
0: Well, great. Thank you so much. And people who are um in the middle of yeah. fixing up their houses, I mean, take paying attention to that where it's going to really affect your quality of life more than well or, or just as much as any other kind of improvements you're making.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So any other websites you want to mention? You said easybreathe.com. Is that it? Yep,
1: easybreathe.com brings you to us. Okay, and you can learn. There's a ton of information on our website about indoor air quality and the positive effects of ventilation. Obviously, because that's what we do. Um, so there's a lot of good homeowner resources there. If you're looking for a professional like myself um, outside of EasyBreathe, then you go to the IAQA.org website and find a professional there. Um, but those are those are the two. And you know, the other really good website is the EPA website. You know, mm. if you go to epa.gov and you put in put in backslash whatever you want, radon, mold, ventilation, um, water. You know, the EPA website with regards to that stuff is really it's it's a, it's an excellent website. I can't speak to anything outside of my world, but the epa.gov backslash boom iaq mold all that stuff is is a really good resource. And the good thing about it is it's. You know, it's not promoting products and things like that. So, what you are getting is a is a good, balanced information on how to uh, take care of your home.
0: Great. Well, you know, I really enjoyed this conversation, which is surprising to me yeah. because, um, well, who would have thought? <laughs> who would have thought it'd be such an interesting subject? Right? It really yeah. is. It really is. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, well, good. So- I am glad. I am glad. I really did have fun speaking with Andre. Thanks, Andre, for teaching us about how we can improve our health in our homes, and thank you for listening. As you know, I love to get episode ideas from listeners, so if you'd like to get in touch with any ideas or comments, suggestions, anything, you can email me at thehousemaven at talkinghomerenovations.com or get me through Facebook or Instagram where I am Talking Home Renovations and follow me there. Why not? TikTok, I'm thehousemaven. Twitter, it's um, talkinghomereno and I'm also on Clubhouse. Are you on Clubhouse? I, I go to a lot of the podcast rooms, but I also go to some renovation rooms, too. So anyway, if you're on Clubhouse, follow me there and, and I'll see what you're up to. My website, TalkingHomeRenovations.com, has uh, the episode enhancements where I post photos and other information and also the transcripts from a lot of these uh, episodes, which eventually will be complete. Uh, I'm trying this thing. Okay this might be fun. If you have found something strange in your house, when you've been renovating or whatever, go to my website and tell me about it at the voicemail tab on the side. I think it says leave voicemail. It's a speak pipe type thing. So I'm hoping that I can do kind of a little compilation of people's stories. And I think that would be that would be fun. So if you have something you want to share, and it's just a little short thing, just, um, you know, leave me a message. And let's see what else. I'm having a class, kind of a get started on your home renovation type class, and that would be August 24th over Zoom, again, information on my website. And a mastermind starting on August 31st, which is going to be a weekly Zoom meeting, I guess. Everybody hates Zoom these days, but I I still like it. It's a great way to connect people all over the place and so I'm on Zoom most of the day. And anyway, it would be a weekly meeting where we talk about our wins and challenges and anything else people want to talk about related to their home renovation. So it's kind of like having almost like having a support group for that. And I'll be moderating. Yeah. So if you like this episode, please leave a review and a rating and subscribe. And why not just go all the way and get my newsletter? And the link for that is in the show notes. When I published Wednesday mornings, I just send the episode enhancements to people's, you know, inboxes. So that's what that is. So, so many, so many ways to stay in touch. This podcast is a production of Demios Architects, where we believe architects are for everyone. So looking forward to next week. And until then, take care.